When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the blackout. We are coming to you from bellyupsports.com. It is time for week seven. This is our pick and pod. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black. Alan, welcome back in and let's please, please move on from Purge Week because you and I had a rough go of it last week and it's time to turn the page and move on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I feel like uh, Bane climbing out of the abyss slowly but surely learning to to climb my way out of the, the massive dungeon that I've thrown myself in because of Purge Week. 21 points, but... Uh, you know, anything is possible. Anything is possible. We can certainly have some turns go the other way. So you and I are kind of on the same boat there looking for something to go our way. Let's take a quick look at the standings so we have a good update. A listener of the show, Bruce, is in first place with 235 points. Uh, behind him, we've got a couple of people moving their way up the board. We have Jesse in second place, the highest he has been in the contest yet. He has 234 points, just one point behind Bruce, and he leads the pack for a pair of Yeet sunglasses and a $50 Visa gift card. And in third place, we have Tim, who has battled his way back up into the top three after a hot start earlier this year. He came up from fifth place last week. He has 231 points and is just four points off of Bruce's lead, and he leads the pack for a $25 Visa gift card. Man, Alan, we have a lot of hot competition at the top and some cool prizes that are going to be going out to some people. But hey, we're only just about to reach the midway point of the season, so certainly a lot of weeks to go. Yeah. We're fixing to be halfway there, so it's time to, to get moving on up. Definitely the case as we get halfway through it, it really is going to show which competitors are in true competition for prizes. And if you're not a part of that lead pack, somewhere close to it at least, uh, then you better have uh, some upsets up your sleeve, some angles on some games that other people don't have their eye on to be able to make up some differences. For you and me, Alan, I'm in sixth place with 225 points, 10 points off the lead, and I've gone 37 and 23 in my picks thus far. You are in a tie for 21st with 214 points. You mentioned it earlier, 21 points off the lead, and you are 35 and 25 in your pick. So we have a lot of correction to go, uh, but it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. So, Alan, last week we documented it in our Pick'em Rewind. We both gained 30 points, but in the prior week, you got the best of me. So why don't you go ahead and start us off this week with your value picks? All right, so... I'm going back to the place that I lost this previous week, and uh, I've learned my lesson not to trust them. Let's go back to Blacksburg, Virginia. All right, so they Virginia Tech is hosting Pittsburgh um, at home after a really tough loss last week to Notre Dame. 
I think this is a very bad matchup for them. Pitt has the best offense in the country, averaging 52 points per game with a senior QB who's playing phenomenal ball. Here's the thing. Pitt is is a five-point road favorite. You would put them currently at a three, which is pretty low in my opinion. I'm moving Pitt up. I'm very confident in this one. I'm moving them up into that six or seven range this week. And and watching Virginia Tech, as you mentioned in the previous podcast, in, in many ways they – they were really dinged up, especially at quarterback at the end of the game. And they were fortunate to still be in it um, after that pick six that they were able to make um, that, that kind of turned the tide to keep them in that one um, near the end. So I'm moving Pittsburgh up um, on my board to a, a six or a seven. Um, I, I believe that they win this game by probably 10, 12 points. Well, very interesting you're looking at this matchup, Alan, because this might just fall into my second favorite value pick of the week. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm on the exact same side as you. I like Pittsburgh in this matchup on the road at Virginia Tech. I feel like we're looking at the exact same stuff. This Virginia Tech team, mind you, has been pretty decent this year. They've played pretty good defense. They've forced some turnovers. They've stayed in some games. But man, I really think that it's been the turnovers that have given them life because this Virginia Tech team, their offense stinks. It really, really stinks. Braxton Burmeister is the leading passer and the leading rusher on this team. Sometimes you might say that's impressive, but to me, that's not a good thing. Okay, he is no Lamar Jackson. So just remember (laughs) that Braxton Burmeister, no Lamar Jackson. And it's this defense that has given them opportunities to stay in games. I'm looking at the best competition they've played this year and their win earlier this year against North Carolina. They forced Sam Howell to throw three interceptions against West Virginia in a close loss. Jarrett Dagey turned the ball over two times. They lost that game 27-21. And in the game against Notre Dame, you already mentioned it, they forced Tyler Buckner into a couple of picks, including one pick six. Otherwise, I think Notre Dame wins that game a little bit more comfortably. And on the other side, you've already mentioned him, Kenny Pickett has been awesome this year dude yeah I do not know what has happened to Kenny Pickett but in his first three years as a starter at Pittsburgh he completed a roughly 60 percent of his passes throwing 38 touchdowns and 24 interceptions Alan that's a ratio of 1.58 touchdowns to every interception thrown what has he done so far this year in 2021 he has completed 72 percent of his passes and has 19 touchdown passes and only one interception this year. So I am leaning on this Pittsburgh offense to not turn the ball over like these other quarterbacks have that Virginia Tech has played so far. Kenny Pickett is playing some phenomenal football. He's throwing for nearly 350 yards per game. He and the receivers like Jordan Addison and Taysier Mack and Jared Wayne, I think are going to put up points against Virginia Tech. And even if... Kenny Pickett reverts and starts throwing some picks in this game like other quarterbacks have. I don't think Virginia Tech has the offense to be able to keep up with the Panthers. So I'm in the exact same boat as you, Alan, with Pittsburgh as a five-point favorite. You mentioned it. If you're following the spread, you would put the confidence value at a three, but I am moving them up my board, and I'm going to lock them in at a seven this week. Pittsburgh, I think, has a really good spot to win this game, and uh, if they are clicking offensively, I think this thing could be a blowout. I totally 
agree with you there, man. Kenny Pickett is phenomenal. He reminds me a, a little bit less swagger, but the way he, he just is able to move in the pocket, he's elusive in the pocket, just throws the, a beautiful catchable ball. He really honestly reminds me of Baker Mayfield um, in the way that, that just he, he's dominant, but he's slippery. You can't quite get him down. Listen, that, that Western Michigan game that they lost, Pittsburgh lost, was a total aberration. They still scored 41 points in that loss, and which is remarkable. I don't see any way, shape, or form that Virginia Tech can score over about 30 or 35. And here's the thing. Pittsburgh has scored 41 points or more in every single game. I don't see any way that Virginia Tech can get to that kind of number. So this feels like one of those games that is is a nice is a nice victory that you can you can push up the board a little bit and take a deep breath. Yeah, I agree completely. Even if Virginia Tech's defense has success, they turn over Pickett and this Pittsburgh offense, I still think Pitt is going to figure out a way to score somewhere in the 30s. You know, And if that's as bad as it gets for Pittsburgh, I still don't think that Virginia Tech can score that number of points to be able to win this game. And here's one more thing I'll throw your way, Alan. Pittsburgh, while Virginia Tech was playing Notre Dame and grinding out a game that they lost, Pittsburgh was sitting at home resting and prepping for this game. So the Panthers come into this game with two weeks to prepare for it. I love that, and I think that favors them all the more. They've been rested. They've been game planning this entire time for Virginia Tech. So I think everything points towards Pittsburgh. Yes. All right, Alan, where are you going to go for your second value pick this week? All right, let's go out west where things get weird. We talked about this in, in the rewind. Things just get weird out west. And so I'm going to go with a game that is currently a pick 'em. And, and I'm going to, so there's not necessarily any leader um, or any favorite at this point, but I'm taking Utah. Arizona State travels to Utah. This game reminds me of the BYU game when Arizona State traveled to Provo in which the Sun Devils lost 27 to 17. This Utah team is is pretty stingy defensively even if they're not quite as good as they have been in previous years. So I'm going to err on the side of Utah in this one. So if it's a pick'em game, I'm going Utah. Now, Arizona State versus Utah as I, as I said, it's a pick'em which would solidly put them at a 1. I'm moving the Utes up to about a 3 on my board. And here's why their offense has taken off after Cameron rising took over for Charlie Brewer and Brewer left the program. They scored 42 at USC last week and took care of business against the Wazoo team the week before that just beat Oregon state this week. And so I I like where this Utah team is getting going now. I trust that team. And, and Jaden Daniels has been a little too turnover prone for my liking. Yes. Touchdown to interception ratio was four to three. He literally only has four touchdowns, even though he's you know held as one of the great quarterbacks in the nation and already has three interceptions. So I'm going Utah and pushing it up my board um, to a three. Alan, I think I'm going the opposite way in this matchup, but 
I'm kind of in the same position as you that I'm going to keep this as a low value on my board. I think I'm going to go with Arizona State because I like their defense. I think they've got a better defense than Utah. And though you mentioned with Jaden Daniels, he hasn't been super impressive this year. I think this Arizona State team is kind of hitting their stride right now. They're coming off recent wins, winning by 19 points against UCLA winning by 18 points against a Stanford team that, you know, is in a similar position with Tanner McKee as a better quarterback and what they'll be facing in this matchup with Cameron Rising. So I'm with you. I agree. Cameron Rising has been better, and this Utah offense has improved with him in the game. But I think with that, you have an Arizona State team that really may be really warming up right now. And I think that I I lean their way for this game, uh, but I'm thinking Arizona State, I'm probably going to take them at about a two on my board. Yeah, and and I can't really blame you, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a pick-em game for a reason, right? Which means if this game game were at Arizona State, uh, what they're essentially saying is that they would be a three-point favorite. Um, or or maybe even a yeah a three point favorite because the home team gets three points automatically, um, typically from Vegas, and so I, I I like the fact that that you know this Herm Edwards team does play defense well. It makes them fun to watch because it's it's very different from a lot of teams in the Pac-12. But I just like where where um, Utah is right now, and I like that they're really kind of hitting their stride too. And I like the fact that they're at home, that that I can maybe gain a, a couple of points on some people that just look at that number next to Arizona State's name, right? And mm-hmm. that, that maybe, just maybe, will buy me some points since Arizona State's 5-1. and one, You look at the percentage who've picked them, 86% of people have picked Arizona State. And if, if I get this right with Utah, then I might be able to get some points on some people. Definitely. And and you're absolutely right that the uh, ranking by a team's name absolutely influences a bunch of people in a pick'em group to go on one side over the other. I think you're absolutely right that it's going to happen. And there's evidence that it's already happening. Uh, and that, again, because I'm kind of saying the same thing you are, I, I think that this game's going to be close and I don't feel super confident in it. Uh, I kind of benefit the same way that you're talking about, that if I have Arizona State lower on my board, if they go ahead and win the game, then I benefit like a large percentage of people are. But if they lose, you know, I'll be I'll be really fortunate if there are some people with Arizona State up at a five, a six, a seven, in that type of range, it'll really come back to benefit me in, in that type of situation. For sure. All right, Alan, because you started off with your top value pick as the Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech game, and that was my second value pick, we matched on that one. I'll now give you my top value pick for the week. And because I have Pittsburgh sliding up in value, I already mentioned it, I'm going to have them at a seven. There are a lot of games we have this week with double-digit spreads. And so if they're going to go up as high as a value of a 7 on my board, that means I've got to drive one of these teams with a double-digit spread being favored down my board. So I'm going to do that for the matchup between Purdue and Iowa. The Hawkeyes are an 11.5-point favorite. They're coming off a big win against Penn State. We talked about it in the Pick'em Rewind. But, Alan, I have some concerns about Iowa. We've talked about it all year. Their offense isn't very good. 
I think they've got a really good back in Tyler Goodson. The problem is nobody respects the passing game with Spencer Petras and these receivers. So what has that done? Well, Goodson's only averaging 4.2 yards per carry. I really do legitimately think he's a good back, but I just don't think teams have to respect the passing game with Petras, who's throwing and completing passes at just over 60% at only 6.8 yards per attempt. So I think that with Iowa with a limited offense coming off a big win against a top five team, there are going to be a lot of people really heavily on Iowa in this game. And as 11 and a half point favorite, it would seem to make some sense. But Alan, I think there's some similarities between this Purdue team and what we just saw with Penn State. Now, Penn State has some more talent, but we have quarterbacks who are maybe decent, not great. Sean Clifford for Penn State, Aiden O'Connell for Purdue. But what this Purdue team does is they throw the ball all over the field. They've got talented receivers in David Bell and Milton Wright. I think that compares kind of similar to what we just saw with Penn State. Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington for them. Alan, we talked about it in the rewind. Penn State jumped out and got up on Iowa 17-3. to Their receivers gave Iowa some problems. Even with turnovers, it felt like Penn State was in control of that game. And if Clifford doesn't go down with an injury... I think Iowa is the one coming into this week with a loss. So, Alan, with this one, I think that Purdue can come up with a game plan to maybe get some offense going if they can protect the football. To me, that's the big concern. If they turn the ball over three and four and five times like everybody does against Iowa, then there's no chance they're winning this game. But if Purdue protects the ball and they get these receivers going, which I think they have a shot to do, I think they could really put a scare in Iowa. So I'm not telling anybody to pick the upset. But what I will do is I'm going to slide Iowa down because among all the double-digit favorites we have, I think Iowa is by far the most susceptible in this week's matchup here in Week 7. So, Alan, as an 11.5-point favorite, Iowa would slide in at a confidence value at an 8 on your board if you're going according to the spread. But I'm going to add some insurance, and I'm going to slide them down in value, but I'm going to take Iowa at a 6. That way, if there is a chance for an upset, I think there are going to be a lot of people that have the Hawkeyes at an 8, 9, or 10, and I think it'll come out in my favor. If Iowa ends up winning the game regardless, then I still get a good chunk of points. So I think it's a good spot to be in for a team that I am very concerned about their offense against a Purdue team that I think is a little better than their record shows at this point. Yeah, Jeff Brom is a, is a really good coach. And, and as you mentioned, Iowa will have put so much time and effort and energy into that Penn State game, they could legitimately come out flat for a period of time. And they just don't have the athletes or the explosiveness to come out flat in a game and that not remain a very close game. And and as you kind of mentioned, Purdue has, has enough scheme-wise and enough explosiveness to be able to hang in there and make this an uncomfortable game potentially. But the caveat is they can't turn the ball over. And that is the one thing no one has been able to do essentially against this Iowa defense. They just turn people over at an incredible rate. And so in the the, the chance that they do, you know, moving them down a little bit um, is not a bad idea. So I, I like where you're heading in that in that direction. Yeah, and I'll throw a couple more things your way. Uh, I mentioned it with the same thing with Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech. Pitt is coming into the game against the Hokies with two weeks to prepare. The exact same scenario plays out in this one. 
with Purdue. They'll have been off for two weeks heading into Saturday's matchup against Iowa. And like you mentioned, the tough game against Penn State, man, I think that's a little bit of an edge. Jeff Brom can game plan for two weeks for this thing. That feels really good to me. And then you mentioned the turnover battle, just as I did. You can't see a bunch of interceptions from Aiden O'Connell and think that Purdue's going to pull off the upset. But if he protects the ball or only turns it over once or twice, this Purdue defense has been pretty good as well. And they've got a star on the defensive line with George Karloftis. Man, if he can get after kind of a statue in the backfield with Spencer Petrus, I think there is a chance you could see a strip sack or something like that. And maybe Purdue fares pretty well in the turnover battle because of that matchup along the defensive line. Let's go. This will be a great week. It's a fun week in that you've got to look carefully at those kinds of things to be able to to pick up a point or two, especially if something goes haywire, you know, as, as it's bound to do at some point. Hey, you mentioned those little numbers by teams' names with Iowa now ranked, what, second in the country? We're going to see a whole bunch of people put a whole bunch of stock in them. And this will be one that I feel pretty sure that once I see the picks lock and see where other people put them, I feel pretty sure that I'm just going to be pulling outright for the upset because I think it's going to benefit me probably a whole lot more than most other people in the in the group uh, unless people take some similar uh, line of thinking on this matchup. I can sure see that. All right. Of course, you can always follow us on Twitter. You can find Alan at AD on the blackout. You can find myself at TB on the blackout. And we always love having ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. That helps out the show a ton. So, Alan, it's been a blast. It's going to be really fun to see where this week turns out. Of course, you and I need a little bit of redemption compared to past weeks. Uh, but as we move into week eight, we're going to have another Pick'em Rewind and another Pick'em Pod for you. And that'll be uh, something to tune into, especially if Alan and I can prove uh, that we deserve to have the show and uh, give some advice on some picks because I think we uh, do it for a good reason, but we just need to get the ship righted a little bit and put ourselves in a little bit stronger position heading into the second half of the season, Alan. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, let's, we, we were there except for this week, right? <laughs> I mean, this, that's been that's part of it, and it's a fun ride, and I'm very, very much looking forward to getting back to the top. Absolutely, Alan. I think we're going to be headed that direction very soon. Alan, as always, thank you for your time and good luck in week seven, man, because just as much as I need it, you need to turn around yourself. So good luck in heading back up the leaderboard. Thanks, sir. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.